Can I tell you about a cool new thing that my cinema display is doing? Sure. Uh, so after some period of time of the screen being on, usually, like by the time we're done recording, I really notice it. So let's say like an hour or so, hour, hour and a half, the uh, top right corner of the screen gets really blurry. And when I turn the screen off, like when I disconnect my MacBook Pro, that area of the screen when you, you know, when the screen is off, almost looks like it has like condensation on the inside or like some type of like air bubble. And then it kind of just goes away once the screen's been off for a while, but then it comes back once I've used the screen um, again. Yeah, I think that's that's part of El Nino. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, you have to get that monitor a break. It's been... <laughs> it's been... It's going on... Um, like 2008? Five, or no, 2010? No, it's, it's either... It's 2009 or 2010. So it's, it's like five or six years old. It put in its years. It has. No, it, I mean, it, it survived uh, a college year. So that's definitely 2009. Um, well, it could have been... Like, oh, yeah, no, it definitely was 2009. Yeah, because it was, I think it was the summer between, like, our junior and senior year. So, yeah, I guess it would have been 2009. So, yeah, it's going on, um, wait, does that mean that in, I mean, it's going on seven years old? Jeez. Things last forever. Boy. Like, it, it took forever for my plasma to start dying. Well, I mean, this, this was, like, a, like, eight or nine hundred dollar monitor, so... I'm yeah, glad, but, but in but in real people prices, if it was like a Dell, <laughs> I'm trying to I, I'm I'm doing bad at channeling my inner troll. Mm. But yeah, you used to be better at that. I was never good at it. Well, I, I didn't say you were good. I just said you were better. <laughs> I, I never employed that persona. How about those Lakers? <laughs> no, we're not. We're not doing that again. I'm sorry. I, I had a point here. Um. Yeah, this just means uh, it's uh, maybe, uh, you know, in the next uh, year or so, iMac uh, 5K. Um, yeah, I keep thinking about that. but Because it, it the just... thing is, like, you only ever, like, your apartment's not that big. And, like, you're using your laptop at a desk because otherwise you're using iOS. You're, or you're using an iPad if you're on the couch. Like, you're not using your 13-inch MacBook Pro on the couch, are you? Um, not usually. Sometimes I will. Um, yeah, I mean, or, or go get the iMac 4K. No, I mean if if you're gonna if you're if you're gonna go in, you may as well go all the way in. Yeah, you need the full three rings. Mm -hmm. Now, twenty-one inches is too small for a desktop display. It is. Why can't they make a normal size one? Yeah. Even though no, I appreciate I, the twenty-seven inches now, it seriously, it it should have been twenty-four. I just I don't. We've probably talked about this point on the show, but I just I don't have the proper setup for a, a 5K iMac. I but just you I, don't, could. I don't have the mm. uh, IKEA Mickey. Or whatever it's called. Well, that's what I have. I know, I know. Um, even though that's the, I've graduated from that desk, I uh, I think it could totally support a 5K iMac. See, I don't think so. I, th I think because you have the one that has the again. We're going to talk about uh, is this inside baseball when we're talking about the uh, details of IKEA furniture? Uh, no, I don't think so. I think that's actually uh, what some of the people will tune in for. So Mick or Mickey, I don't know what the, where the accent mark is. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you have the one that has the little kind of like shelf or thing on the side or did you get the one that has because there's different iterations of it one has like a little door or one just has like two weird shelves um, so I, I just have the one that's you know just, just a desk and then there are 
two drawers right underneath the desk, which kind of split the desk in half. Oh, you have the the world's like most minimal version of this. Well, I do. It's like it's <laughs> Hold on. like the seventy dollar version. Can can I expl- Can I highlight something for the listeners? Sure. Um, let me get back into Slack. Um, man, so much screen real estate on this computer. Um, if you look at IKEA's website about it, uh, it's filed under children's desks. Is it really? <laughs> yes. Oh, children's desks and chairs eight to twelve. Good. <laughs> good for good for me. <laughs> Yeah, no this this is the um, this is the exact desk I have. Except, oh, do they not? They I have it in black. Do they not offer it in black anymore? I'm not sure you have it in black. You probably have it in black brown. My so mine is mine does not look like the one here in the photo. Mine is uh, much more black. I think mine's just straight black. I don't think that makes it any less for kids. I think. Well, I think maybe mine's like some type of limited edition one or something. Perhaps. Uh, or I guess I mean, the price is seventy nine. I thought I paid ten bucks less than that. I don't know. Maybe you did with IKEA family. That's <laughs> it's entirely possible. No. I, yeah, I will. I, will I will use this as an opportunity to give a shout out to my desk, which has been amazing. It's uh, but I didn't remember the name of it. It's called Arkelstorp. Yeah, that's very nice. That's that. This desk is very you. It's very. It's very five uh, K friendly. Yeah. No, I think I'm. I'm at a point where a purchase like a five K iMac is is going to have to wait until I move. I just, Do you plan and, on moving? No. Because no, you can't move. Yeah, well, <laughs> you, you literally can't let's, move. Let's not, yeah, let's, that's, that's a whole, we could do a whole show about that. Um, <laughs> God. <laughs> like, well, I'm sure you have a very nice living situation because you, like your building's in a great location. You're, you're kind of trapped though because you literally can't move anywhere. Well, I, okay, let's 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 just let's go down this rabbit hole because this there are actually some headlines <laughs> related to this this week, and I actually don't think we've really we haven't really gone into this on the show. So yeah, so rent in San Francisco uh, is very expensive for those of you who don't in the Bay know. Area everywhere. But and well, so what's happened? Yeah, the last handful of years, right, is that San Francisco's become so expensive that it's pushed a lot of people out of the city, and so what that's done is it's made the surrounding areas like Oakland in Burlingame and all even all the way down to like San Jose and like out to Concord and Walnut Creek. It's, you know, this rent is just crazy everywhere. Like, I don't know if you saw this, but um, SF Gate posted an article last week or the week before how the median price of a one bedroom um, across the country, which is kind of a standard measurement for judging don't, rental don't market say it prices. Loud, please don't say it. Uh, well, I, I was going to give the ranking order. So San Francisco oh, was okay. number one, of course. Um, and then what I thought was really surprising was that, you know what number four was? New York or East Bay? Oakland. Yep. Yeah, Oakland. Um, and then San Jose was, I think, number eight. So the Bay Area proudly represented uh, four different spots on that list. Okay, I was just afraid you were going to say what the actual national average was, so then we would cry. Well, I, yeah, I'm going to... I'm going to not do that. But so the, the headline, the reason I wanted to, to go into this is because, um, so there's this new apartment complex. I think Merlin linked to it. Um, it's, it's, it's kind of, it's kind of, it's a weird name. It's like Alchemy by Alta. I don't know. I, I hadn't really heard of this one. I don't know if you had, but it's, it's like at like Hayton Laguna. Oh God. And it's, um, wait, so the studios average from thirty three hundred to thirty five hundred dollars, one bedrooms are thirty five hundred to fifty one hundred, two bedrooms are forty nine hundred to seventy five hundred, and three bedrooms are seventy two hundred to seventy four hundred. 
look at these hipsters. Like, sorry, if you, if you go to the website, alchemybyalta.com, the, the first picture on the website says everything you need to know. So, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll read this in the, um, the, the, uh, the voiceover voice that it, that it deserves here. So, welcome to Alchemy. Centrally located in the convenient and inspiring mix of art, culture, and vibrance of Hayes Valley, Alchemy offers a distinct sanctuary exemplified by unique and expansive living spaces, high-end amenities, and the ground floor project. So this is in my old neighborhood, and, and yeah, those rent prices sound exactly right. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, the saddest thing that's happened to me over the last couple of years um, is that stuff like this just doesn't even surprise me. Like, I look at, I look at these prices, and I, it, like, I, I, don't, I don't feel anything. I don't feel surprise. I don't feel outrage. You're just I don't dead feel inside. frustration. I just, I just, I can't feel anymore about this topic. Like it, it's just gotten so ridiculous that I just, you just don't know what to say. You, you do know what to say. Yes, I would like to renew my lease, please. <laughs> so yes, yeah, so, I mean that's how this conversation started. Is I, I'm in a rent-controlled apartment, which I've been in for about four and a half years now. And when I, you know, when I first moved in, this place was kind of at the top end of my budget at the time. And I, I felt, you know, I felt like I was being a bit frivolous moving in here. You, you, um, you got the bargain of a lifetime. Well, but yeah, now it's, you know, now it's my biggest asset. <laughs> a rental agreement. <laughs> yeah. I don't think that's how you can account for well, assets. I mean, you know what I mean. Not, not, not asset in the, you know, like... The actual sense. Not in the real definition of an asset, but just, just in the fact that, you know. <laughs> the the fact I, that you could be paying way more for way worse. Exactly. Well, I mean, basically, I mean, you know, I, I basically wouldn't be able to live in the city. Um, sure. You know, now, like if, if I were to move out of this apartment, you know, it would be able to be raised to market rent or market rate rather. And, you know, that would probably raise the rent somewhere between at least three, six to eight hundred dollars. Really? If not, if not more. Even for a studio in the marina, it's got to be more than that. Well, so there's been an interesting thing that's happened in the city where the area that I'm in, the marina, which has historically been a, a more expensive part of the city, prices have actually been flat over the last year up here. Oh, because it's so far out there? Exactly. So like, you know, most of the jobs and all this tech stuff now is happening along the peninsula. And so everyone wants to be either near their company shuttle pickup or just near the freeway if they're driving their own car. So like, I think the mission now has increased the most in price over the last year. You know, Soma, the hate, basically places along like the southern part of the city, even like Noe Valley's gotten even more expensive. But yeah, up, up here in the kind of the north side of the city, it's it's still expensive, of course, but it's more stable than it is, you know, closer to the freeway. And I can relate to that as someone, you know, who takes BART every day. You know, I, I would, in an ideal world, like to be somewhere, you know, closer to where I get onto BART, but, you know. Do you still bike to the, bar, uh, to the Embarcadero BART? No. What do you do? No, I, I take, take the Muni in the morning, and then there's a startup called Chariot. Which Aww. is like a, no, it's it's not it's not that one. I know it's not leap, but it's uh, it's one step. No, 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 no. It's it's like when they they started a year and a half ago or no, so. No, I, I know. And, 
you know, simple white vans. And now the cars they have are a little nicer, but it, it's certainly nothing fancy. Interesting. Yeah, times are changing. Yeah, it's, you know, it's, I guess there's sort of like, you know, obviously two two ways this can go. One is that we're kind of in another kind of bust, maybe not the same as like the 99.com bust, but like in another sort of cycle where things are just going to kind of fall apart here. Or we could be in a situation like New York uh, where, you know, kind of I think it was like late 80s, early 90s, rent went way up throughout uh, Manhattan. And then, um, you know, the prices basically just stayed there. Where this is just the new normal. Right. So it's hard to say. I mean, it could be something in the middle, too, where, you know, prices maybe plateau and then maybe recede a bit, but never go back down to where they were, you know, when we first moved up here, you know, five years ago. I don't know. Well, let's let's take this in a different direction. Let's let's talk about something positive, can we? Oh, I mean, we don't usually do that here, but sure. Let's switch it up. Guess who's back? Oh, oh, gosh, I, 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 that happened since it's the been last like time a week. we talked. No, it's, it's, it was, hold on. I think it was on New Year's Eve that I, uh, that I texted you and I saw it and I, I literally screamed like out loud, like, <laughs> yes. Yeah, no, I, um, I didn't even read your entire text. I, I just saw like the first couple of words and i i just i knew instantly what it was well i think i just sent five exclamation marks and in a link to darth as uh bb8 what what a time to be alive dude's back it's yeah, great darth, or, or, darth or, is or, back. or dude lady we don't know we don't know uh, back back from a winter hibernation um our our favorite red panda on twitter darth is back I can't understand it. Uh, how much, like, and, and honestly, literally, <laughs> the country went to shit without him here. I know. We had a bad three months. We really did. Although, I mean, we haven't really had a great week since he's been back. In all fairness, but no, it's it's been better. There've been <laughs> way more I dogs. I don't I don't know about that, but <laughs> lost money, but it's okay. There's dogs. Yeah. Um... Yeah, but he's great. And uh, so yeah, in case people don't know, it's a uh, it's a uh, online persona of a red panda who's very, very good at Photoshop and loves dogs and potatoes. And he makes using Twitter 8,000 times better. So I, I've noticed, I noticed something, I guess, maybe somehow I, I went all the months before where we had Darth not noticing, which is you're really just in it for the dogs. I'm in it for all of it. But a lot of it's the dogs. It's the dogs. The, he does a lot of good like tech commentary and like stuff where like it's not just annoying and just talking about tech news but it's like it's like this knowing kind of like uh subtweeting yeah i'm more more into the the commentary um that the tech stuff is good just the general like world events and politics stuff is really good just just the he's good about he or she is, is good about um i don't know just touching on like the big stories of the day but yeah not not doing so in like a punditry sort of way but just doing it in, in a you know a couple of sentence little funny bit like i thought i thought the, the part that was last night where you know the whole with the whole north korea thing about him suggesting just you know basically just kind of starting the year over again and how hats and champagne would probably be pretty cheap now so we could totally make it happen i i, I agree Th- those are always good but i i don't know again the dogs and tech stuff is is is, is very good 
like, like that's why like i thought you linked to the wrong tweet earlier when like you were trying to show the thing about um like the dogs with the ipad but instead i forgot what what else he said right after that oh he was it was, it was commenting about how there was no uh twitter moments available in a uh, tweet bot no in tweet deck and whatever it's a... well they're very different things tomato tomato not at all have you ever used tweet deck no it's the worst it's it's great if you're uh like a super power user like i assume he probably has to but or she but anyway it's uh the world's better now that the panda's back i agree and not not the panda that left for boston no still a a persistent fuck you to that guy Oh, that would be a really good show title, but it's a little... It's a <laughs> no, little, you can't. No, I'm not, I'm not going to. Please do. No. But seriously, come on. No, I, I mean, I, I, I get it, but it's a fa- family-friendly program. It's an even year. Let's do this. Mm-hmm. I guess that's like one of the official hashtags that's being used. Did you see this? I hope they don't get too into that. Like, not that like jinxing or like that kind of stuff is actually a thing, but I hope they don't do that too much. I like that it's a thing fans have been able to say, but if it becomes marketing, I'd, eh. I don't remember it uh, being a thing at all in uh, 2014, do you? I think a little bit. Because mm. we've done three really in the past five years, right? Yeah, it was 10, 12, and 14. But I, 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 don't, I think I, in 2014, it, it became a thing. Okay. I don't think in 2012 it was at all. I don't really remember that, but you know, maybe we, just, we, choose, we choose what we forget, I guess. Anyway, together we are giant. <laughs> right. I do like the Giants marketing team. It's very the, t- the together we are giant thing is pretty good. It's good, and also their uh, Facebook and Twitter uh, and Instagram accounts, like their their social media presence, is, is very good. Hmm. Where a lot of other teams or brands are just um, really grating, they do it sensibly. Ah, uh, the the blurry spot on my cinema display is is just popping up earlier than usual. Is it's it raining really, outside? It's Did- really bad. Again, El Nino, man. I'm going to have to get a new monitor. Ugh. No, you don't. Well, here's the thing. You can't spend money on a new monitor. No, I really can't. <laughs> Unless it comes attached to uh, Intel quad-core i7. Right. And yeah, it's I, 27 I really, inches. I really can't. I really can't get a new monitor. It'd be silly. That, but that hasn't stopped me before. It'd be like buying a, a, a new car before the Apple card comes out. Hmm. That, wasn't, that wasn't a transition, but it's just a... Well, I, I was going to say, um, speaking of uh, frivolous purchases, um, maybe we could get into our, our first topic. I am prepared to mute and let you talk for a while because I have nothing to add. No, I, I, don't, th- I don't think this will be a long thing. So, no, go for it. So this morning, uh, 8 a.m. Pacific, sharp, the uh, Oculus Rift, the long-awaited first major uh, consumer VR platform release, was made available for pre-order. And um, it was kind of a mystery coming into this, like what exactly was going to be included, um, what the, exactly the price was going to be. Um, and, you know, they, they, were, they were kind of vague coming into this morning. They, you know, they, there were a couple of quotes floating around out there about, you know, how the unit was going to be kind of like in the ballpark of the $350 cost of uh, their developer kit. But then there were some other quotes about how the unit itself plus a you know fully spec'd out pc to support it would be about fifteen hundred dollars altogether um and so the price ended up being kind of 
you know, somewhere around the ladder uh, where the, the unit itself is five ninety nine, dollars um, And then, you know, for, you know, about, about $900 to $1,000, you can build a PC that follows their, you know, recommended uh, specs. And in fact, starting next month, they are going to be uh, selling bundles where you can buy both the Oculus and a, what they're calling like Oculus Ready PC. Um, and for five ninety nine, of course, you get the the head unit itself. You get this little head tracker thing that you're supposed to put on your desk. It looks like a little microphone stand. Um, you get the headphones, which attach to uh, the headset. Although you can also detach those and use your own. And you get an Xbox One controller, um, which is going to be kind of the official controller for the Oculus, at least until they come out with their own controller, the Oculus Touch, which got delayed until later this year. But, um, you know, like we talked about on, on last week's recap show, VR is by far and away the thing that I'm most excited about in tech this year. And I think it's going to be a huge story and trend, not just this year, but for years to come. So I was super, super excited to, to pre-order and, and did so this morning. Congratulations. Um, although I, I I have to you know just go on a little bit of a first world problem rant here, which is how how have we not figured out the online store rush where the your website just completely collapses under lots of people trying to buy your product? Like how how, how have we not figured this out yet? Um, I don't. I... The, the website was a disaster this morning. I mean, it took took me over half an hour to finally get through. And you don't think that's part of the marketing? I hope not. Because you don't think that if everybody was like, um, oh, the website just went through and everybody, and everybody got what they wanted, that people wouldn't be like, oh, very little demand. Like, I assume that has to be part of it. Like I, And also with a product like this, doesn't it probably attract the interest of you know, like all, all those all those jerks that just buy like buy that try to buy up Apple pencils so that they can resell them on eBay. Doesn't it just like attract a lot of people who don't actually want it? Yeah, I mean, I guess that could be part of it too. So, I mean, I think that probably. I mean, if if Apple hasn't really figured it out, I mean, and the thing is, it's backed by Facebook, and they certainly understand web infrastructure and handling lots of users. But I think just uh, e-commerce in particular is probably challenging. Like I, I, somebody else saw, like this was on um, CNBC earlier, but like would would Facebook ever partner with Amazon or something? Like, is there ever a situation where big headlining things like this would ever be sold through Amazon, who people know have the infrastructure? Uh, I I don't know because I mean, Amazon's it, never been down to my knowledge. Oh, but it I mean, does, like, um, is isn't part of like iCloud built on Amazon or something like that? Or no, but, not, well, not, the functioning um, parts, yeah. Maybe, maybe not not iCloud, but it, um, uh, Amazon Web Services. Yeah, it, it's the the Microsoft thing. What oh, Azure. Azure is built on top of Amazon Web Services, isn't it? Kind of like both parts. Like iCloud Photo Library uses S3 as its backend for, um, for the storage, and they do use AWS and Azure for a lot of things. So it's it's mixed. Yeah, maybe I'm getting it all mixed. I think that's. Part of, yeah, part of iCloud uses Azure. That's right. Mm-hmm. So what a, what, a weird, what a weird tech world we live in now. Most people don't understand that half the internet runs on Amazon. And then they just think that true. Amazon sells them, them shoes and, and uh, Keurigs. 
that they don't ever use after the first year. Oh, I think you're thinking of, yeah, the Keurig cold. Spelled with a K. <laughs> yeah, but of course. <laughs> what, what else, how else would you spell yeah, how, how else would you spell it? Yeah. It's pretty good. All right. So briefly, again, I, I don't know much. And to be honest, I'm not terribly interested in the Oculus thing. But what... So it has... It's, it, the Oculus ends up being just kind of a, a secondary... Dis- or not a secondary display, but like an external display for your computer that runs off your PC. So it's just going to be kind of like a high-end PC game that runs, and that's the monitor for it? it it's, it's very much what it is. It's a you know motion-sensitive monitor for you. I mean, it plugs in via... So you have to have a video card that's got HDMI 1.3, um, which I assume is related to the, the, the screens on the inside run at a really, really high refresh rate. So I'm assuming that the the spec of hdmi that it requires supports that refresh rate and then i also assume it plugs in like via usb probably to you know communicate motion detection and because this is a first generation product that while it seems like it's been popular from like the initial reaction is this going to get like rapid adoption in terms of game makers or is that still like to be determined well i think it's um i think it's sort of a chicken and egg problem right now because i don't think you're gonna see like widespread adoption of uh game developers developing for vr until these things are in the hands of you know a certain number of consumers but you know the price right now is sort of prohibitive of that and the price isn't really going to be able to come down until this becomes like a mass market device so i don't know like right right now i would say the price is probably going to be the the gating factor from from this becoming you know a kind of a mainstream thing so i understand that oculus is owned and and backed by facebook and they can ride this out for a very long time but do you think that because there's a a decent chance that the software makers and and the game makers don't quickly follow through because they don't think there's a big enough audience for it. Do you think that potentially hurts the technology or limits how quickly it gets iterated upon? Because like Oculus can go in a couple of different ways. Like it could be a gaming thing or it could be something that's like geared towards like professional and engineer. Like it could be for like medical use or architecture or like a lot of other things. It doesn't necessarily have to be gaming. So do you do you think that that's going to be a problem? Um, I think I think what it just what it really needs to do is it just it really needs to, and this sounds like a really obvious thing, but I'll I'll expand on it. Like it it just it really needs to work well and demo well. Meaning, you know, when when I get mine and I show it to family and friends, like it it needs to to wow them. And like the the best example of that is the original Wii where you know people were skeptical of it were did like didn't even like understand it like the the controller looked like a tv remote like what 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 was this thing but you know you put a wii remote into someone's hand and you put them in front of wii sports and it was just like this light bulb just went off i I, but my my question is the so nintendo is it widely regarded as being just like one of the best at first party software so does oculus have like any on staff game developers or will there be first party software 
Well, so the the, the bundle, which I, I failed to mention, um, comes with two two games in the box. Um, the first of which is a game called uh, um, Eve Valkyrie, which is sort of like this space combat game. Um, and then the other game it comes with is this thing called Lucky's Tale, which is sort of this kind of cutesy, like Mario platformer thing. Um, so, I mean, out, out of the box, I think those are two good examples of um, the, the types of software that they're going to be looking to come out on this thing. But, I mean, I think that's, that's a huge question around VR right now is the software. So I, I think that, you know, the answer to your question right now is, you know, no, there's not, I don't think there's really like a dedicated team, but I think they are really aggressively working with developers and, um, yeah, I mean, this thing's been, been out there for, I mean, that, that, that original Kickstarter campaign was, was that like 2011, 2012? It was a while ago. So it, it's been out there for a long time with developers. Gotcha. Hmm. Interesting. We'll see how it plays out. So when, what's your shipping date? Cause I, I, heard depending on when you ordered it could be like as late as may or something like it's like an apple watch situation so what happened yeah like it was very briefly right at 8 a.m uh showing a march ship date but within just a couple of minutes that slipped to april and then it was april for at least the next half an hour because that's how it took how long it took me to get my order in and so by the time i got mine through about 8 30 it was still uh still april Aww. so we'll see Yep. All right. So uh, since we're on just random topics, can I uh, uh, tell the listener something? Oh, please. So uh, this is mildly sports related. There's something that I did not know that you taught me this week. Hmm. So there are certain uh, game or sport, sports arenas or, or stadiums that are like multi-use, like they'll be shared by uh, certain teams. And I, I did not know this, that the Staples Center, which... Uh, to my, to my knowledge, hosted the Los Angeles Lakers and potentially the LA Clippers. And then you informed me also uh, their local hockey team that I don't remember the name of. The Kings. Sure. I thought they were a basketball team. They are. But okay. in Sacramento. Okay. <laughs> um, so apparently they all play at the uh, Staples Center. And I was wondering, like, just because there's two basketball teams, I honestly thought the basketball court was like pretty permanent and i was wondering like do they lift up like the the sports team logos off the ground like every couple of days <laughs> when they like i'm like because that's gotta be fucking tedious like or are there somehow like two basketball courts inside the thing and you explained to me that apparently no they redo it every time and then i'm like okay so they 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 repaint them every time that that seems like a lot but okay and then no you're like they disassemble the hardwood floor every single day and then you link me to a video which if this show has show notes which i'm not sure if it does um you should you should link to uh there was this video that you showed me where it became a hockey rink and then a lakers basketball court set up and then a clippers court set up and it was just like this mesmerizing video of something that i never thought ever happened yeah, it's so the Staples Center is unique in that it has two NBA teams and then a hockey team. Uh, but it, it's it's extremely common uh, for most arenas to have a hockey team and a basketball team. I, I'd say more more are set up that way 
than standalone arenas, which are just hockey or just basketball. Can you give me an example of another one? Um, so like the United Center in Chicago is that way. Um, the American Airlines Arena in Dallas and in Miami are both that way. Uh, or at least, does, I don't know. Does, does Miami, Miami have, is, does, does Miami have an NHL team? Maybe that's yeah. Maybe that's not. Well, they, the Tampa, Tampa Bay and Florida. And maybe, maybe Miami's not right, but the American Airlines Arena in Dallas has both the Mavericks and the NBA, and then the Stars and the NHL. Um, and then I think the Phoenix Coyotes and the Phoenix Suns both play in the same arena. I can't remember what the name of that arena is now. Um. And then Madison Square Garden has the Rangers and the Knicks. So yeah, I mean it's 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 fairly um, common. I did not know this. Um, yeah, well, you know, what's amazing about Staples Center is that it's also really common for there to be two of those teams playing in the same day. So on Sundays, um, I don't know if it's this way as much anymore since the Lakers are so crappy. But for a lot of <laughs> years. Um, the Clippers were like the Sunday afternoon game and then the Lakers would be like the Sunday night game. So the Clippers would play at 1230 or 1.30 and then the Lakers would play at like 6.30. And so it's pretty amazing they can have, you know, two two games in the same day. And then there also was a couple of years ago, uh, the, the Kings, the Clippers, and the Lakers were all three in the playoffs at the same time, and they all had home games during the same weekend. And it, it was like this crazy weekend where like, uh, like the Lakers played like a Friday night, and then the Kings played that next afternoon, and then there was a Clippers game right after that, and then there was like another Lakers game the next day. I mean, it was just like there were like six games over three days or something. It was, it was nuts. Um, and like I was telling you, I mean, yeah, the, the, the floor and then the, the rink configuration, that's really impressive. But then like you think about all the other things that have to go into it, like the team merchandise store has to be completely changed out. All the concession stands have to be changed out. Like it's, it's not just the actual, you know, court itself. So it's pretty, pretty amazing. So yes, yeah, so you'll definitely link to that video. Oh yeah, we'll, we'll do that. <sighs> How long do you think that actually takes? Just to like pretend it wasn't even like a uh, change in the, the, the rink or whatever. Like it just, well, I think a... it's, I think, I think, I mean, I think this is public knowledge. I think it's, it's like 90 minutes to go from one basketball court to the other. And then I think to go from basketball to hockey or hockey to basketball, I think is like two and a half hours. Hmm. Yeah. So it looks like Bomber did not take my suggestion for making the court out of unsold surfaces. <laughs> There was a rumor going around uh, shortly after he bought the Clippers that he was also going to buy uh, AIG, which owns the LA Kings and uh, Staples Center slash LA Live, which is kind of like the surrounding area. Wait, do you mean you mean AEG, not the insurance company? I said I said AIG, yeah, AEG. Yeah. Thank you. Okay, that's right. Good, good catch. Thank you. <laughs> sure. Um. All right. So do you want to get down to... Well, actually, we, did, we covered one bit of actual news. Yeah. All right. Where do you want to go? Um, let's see. Um, don't really want to talk about CES. Let's, let's keep going with just kind of like this weird offhanded topics. Okay. So what's, what's your opinion of audiobooks? Because uh, so Audible has been one of the like long... They're, they're kind of like the, one of the perennial, like the big, the big four, the big five before Arthur Anderson. Uh, <laughs> 
Oh, Are these wow. jokes that anybody will get? I, I'm assuming not. Uh, that's a good one. Um, good job, me. Uh, like, you know, your square spaces, your, your hovers. What's, what's another big one? Just kind of the, the big podcast sponsors. Uh, well, it's becoming um, like Snackbox now and like, See, um, I, like Casper. Spon- I don't think Casper's big enough yet. Oh, they're, they're pretty close, man. Because I don't, I don't hear that. Maybe I just listened to the wrong podcast, but it's, it's Squarespace, it's Hover, it's, it's MailChimp, it's... Um, a- anyway, so the, Audible's always been one of the big uh, podcast sponsors. But I've, uh, I've always been really into podcasting and like spoken word stuff, but I've never been into audiobooks. I, I do like to read, but I generally don't end up reading enough books just because I'm either listening to something or I'm reading like long-form articles and things on the web. But I, I I don't churn through as many actual like long term books as I would like. Um, so I was thinking like uh, I I have a decently sized commute and I listen to a ton of podcasts and sometimes I'm out of podcasts to listen to, and I was thinking about Audible to start listening to audiobooks. So what is your opinion of audiobooks? Have you tried them? Does that work for you, or is it just not the right format or not the right medium? I, I I've tried them. Um, and it's been, it's been hit or miss and, and overall hasn't really stuck with me the times that I've tried it. Um, I, in general, I find that nonfiction works better than fiction. I, I've never really listened to a, a, a fictional audiobook that I've really enjoyed, but I, I have listened to a handful of nonfiction audiobooks that, that I've liked. But, um, I, I do better with, shorter podcasts I, I do listen to a couple of longer ones like you know the, the talk show obviously <laughs> which has um, become a three-hour show i know every week. i know and then yeah, even like good, i don't mind but right um and even like the the video game podcast that i've mentioned a couple of times the giant bombcast it can also run two to three hours some weeks so those i'm i'm okay with but other than those i i really do like podcasts that are more like around an hour or so um just because like, you know, usually I, usually I'm not listening to a podcast for more than about an hour at a time because that's, that's about the length of my commute each way. Um, so if I have something that's more than like more than a couple of hours, it, just, it, it starts to get broken up into too many chunks, which I find to be kind of disruptive and you like you kind of forget like where you left off, like obviously not like the place, but you just kind of, you kind of forget like what they were talking about. And so like audiobooks to me kind of like magnify that problem where, you know, because they can be hours and hours long, it's just, they just get broken up into these chunks and, you know, it just, it's hard to get into a, a good rhythm. Gotcha. And do you, do you read as much as you'd like? No, def- definitely not. Definitely not. Yeah, so I mean, I, I was thinking about uh, trying out Audible, but one thing that I didn't, I, I guess I've never understood uh, their business model because like um, like I always knew they were subscription based and that they were owned by Amazon and like you would always be told on the podcast ads that uh, get uh, one free audiobook for signing up now or whatever so I thought it was more kind of like a Netflix thing like where you could uh, listen to whatever you want like I know like over time that means you'd probably listen to one or two books per month at uh, at the most but no apparently it's just you have a subscription where you have to buy a book a month and if you don't buy it, you lose it. No, I no, no, I don't. I don't know. No, I, I, I looked yesterday. You... That's how it works. 
Mm, or no, I mean, you get you get one credit a month. Sorry, I should yeah, clarify. You don't, you don't, but you don't lose that credit. Well, no, you don't lose it. But let's say you get a book that you're kind of like meh on. You can't just switch to something else. Oh no, 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 no. Like that seems lame. But like, if that, you that's... go, if you go like a couple of months without buying something, the, the you know the credits will accumulate. But then why don't I just get to buy books at one at a time? Well, I think I think you can do that too. But the I think the subscription. I don't know, maybe you get the, and you might get the credits a little bit like cheaper than you do if you buy them individually. It's, it's been a couple of years since I've done it, so I don't, I don't really recall. Yeah, I don't like, I, I looked and I was pretty excited about it, but like the business model kind of turns me off. Like I, I, if it's a script subscription, you should be kind of able to listen to whatever you want. And, and just time would limit you to only having one or two a month anyway. Right. Like yeah. if, if you just get, end up with a dud or something that just doesn't catch your interest after like two hours or something. I don't want to, have to have wasted my fifteen dollars on that. Yeah, it's it's not cheap. No, it's not expensive, but it's it's not um, not cheap. Yeah, I mean, there's no physical good. It shouldn't cost anything. Again, that's Whoa. a that's a joke. No, that that's a joke. Wow, I'm I'm gonna um I'm gonna edit this to like to put that really out of context. <laughs> Feel free, because I don't <laughs> listen to these. No, again, I only say that just because like, do you ever hear people like that? Like, why are ebooks so expensive? You're not printing a book. That's not what most of the price is. You know, there's a human that wrote that, right? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's yeah. Like, it's, it's I, same, I, yeah. I do not like when you go on Amazon and the Kindle version is $9.99 and the physical book is like $10.20. That, <laughs> that bugs me. But like, I, I, people who think like ebooks should be like $2 a piece, like that's the stuff I don't get. And I think that happens a ton. Like where people are like music should be almost free, which most Spotify users do think that way. Um, because, because there's no physical disc. Video games are the same way where, you know, people have an expectation that, oh, well, if I could just download it, it should be like $20 cheaper. It's like, well, the eh, disc, the actually disc for itself... a $60 game, it should probably be a good 10 to $15 cheaper. <laughs> now that one I agree with. Hmm. If something starts out at 60 bucks, you should get a break on it. Well, the same principle applies though, where the, the physical disc itself is, you know, it's almost meaningless with all these software updates they force you through. Well, <laughs> the, the code that's on here doesn't even matter. That's, uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> all right. We're on a roll today. Um, anyway, so I might give that a try. So I did sign up, and I, I've already – I should put it in OmniFocus now to remember to cancel it, <laughs> um, just in case I don't use it. But Do you, do you have like a just uh, an ongoing – what is it called, an OmniFocus? Like a, a, a recurring task, yeah. Do you just have a recurring task which has all the stuff you just need to cancel? No. I mean, because I generally don't unless it's something that like – because a lot of times I'm not – I do prefer like things like what what's the one that yeah Squarespace the one where like it's it's a credit card free trial. I'm much more willing to try things like that, but I, I will try things that do require subscription and that you sign up for them. But no, I'm very particular about setting a reminder to at least like two days before, forcing myself to decide did I use this, did I like this, or do I want to cancel it. Like I'm very hard to sucker into letting something continue on your credit card forever, except for Comcast. Which we'll talk about in a sec. Uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I've gotten into a pretty good habit where when I'll sign up for a free trial, I'll at the very same time you know, set a reminder for myself a day or two before the trial ends to uh, make a decision about it. Yeah. It's not that I'm trying to get like a free ride off the free trial. It's just that I don't want, like, because I mean, I, like I'm, I'm busy-ish and I, I will forget. And then you, you don't find out until like four months you're like, ah, damn it, they're still charging me. Busy-ish. 
Like, I don't want to act like I'm fucking Elon Musk, but <laughs> I don't have as much free time as I'd want. Sure. I like how those are the two extremes. <laughs> yeah. Here's a person like in a, in a white walled room with no, just eating saltines or you're Elon Musk or you're somewhere <laughs> in between. Uh. All right. So do you want to, I think I already talked about my experience with this, but do you just want to quickly recap your uh, experience with getting Comcast to lower your bill? Yeah, I did this a couple of uh, years ago where I noticed that my Comcast bill started, you know, creeping up to the point where it had gone up like 60 or $70 above what I was previously paying. And so I, you know, I, I just called them and um, was, was really polite and nice and just, you know, said, hey, you know, I, I feel like I'm paying a lot for cable. Like, you know, I, I, I'd really like to see if there's some kind of deal you've got. And it was talked to somebody who was, who was also nice and uh, found me a, a package that would save me like, you know, 60, 70 bucks, get me back down basically to what I was paying originally. And um, the only downside was I had to sign up for a two-year contract, which, you know, at the time was fine because I, I knew I was going to be here or whatever. Um, but then, um, and so that was, that's been fine over the last couple of years. But then now the same thing's been happening over the last six months where I was paying about 120 um, and that had gone all the way up to like north of 180 recently. and. Um, I so then you you mentioned on the show that you had called and did did something similar um, that I had done a couple of years ago. Although you kind of took a, a different tactic, where you were actually brought up like the whole idea of canceling, which I thought was kind of interesting. Um, and so that's that's the way I decided to go this time. So I called them a couple of weeks ago, having been inspired by you, and I actually went through the the, the dial prompts of canceling. Um. And, you know, I, I, didn't, I didn't necessarily lie because I, I was actually thinking like, well. If well, no, I, sure. Like, you, like, it's not the baseball season. I might right. not cable right now. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I basically said, I think, exactly what you did, which was, you know, basically like, you know, I'm thinking about maybe canceling the TV part of my package. Like, how much like, would internet be? Um, or, you know, if there's some kind of package I can do with both, then fine. And sure enough, they, I got put on a brief hold. The woman came back and um, had a package that offered everything that I already had, you know, same internet speed, same TV package, plus some additional channels and free HBO um, for 120 bucks a month. So, so, that's, that's... so she didn't try the tactic that they did with me, which was, <laughs> do you want to slow your internet speeds to before we increase the speed? <laughs> no they they did not all right because i still think that was one of the best like brain tricks or just like because i had to think about like what, what the hell are you talking about and then yeah all right well good job how many and again i'm not trying to put you on the spot because it took me a while too how many months did you let it go or did you keep delaying the the to-do on this it was pr it was probably from the time i first noticed that the bill had gone up significantly it had probably been Let's say two or three months. I think that's about right. Yeah, I think they got four months out of me, so you're yeah. better than I. That, no, that, 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 might, that might be me too. I might be <laughs> a bit generous with my assessment. And so now, you know, I, I, I went out and, you know, blew all that savings on a $600 VR headset. Did you say <laughs> Uber rides? Well, that, those two. Yeah. 
All right. So we put it off long enough. Do you want to just do kind of a, not CES recap, but do you want to just talk about the couple of interesting things that are tangentially related to it? I think, I think we should. Yeah. Okay. So CES is, is, is if you don't already know, is, yeah, is a consumer thing. Consumer electronic show. No, no, it's it's a thing where Apple doesn't participate, and therefore nobody cares. Samsung every year will try to sell you a refrigerator with a fucking TV screen on it. That's actually that nobody that's wants. Actually, kind of cool. Have you seen all of Darth's photoshops of that? Yeah, it's 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 it's, it's actually kind of neat. Um, somebody posted a picture of like a Samsung smart microwave, and then um, and then like Darth did something like, oh, like why doesn't everything have a potato button? I right. That was yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Anyway, so it's, it's CES. Just eh, nobody cares, and it's it's this weird mess where because like everybody else has figured out that they don't. If anybody who matters, and I don't want to say that in a in a mean way, but any company that is actually legitimately interesting or has something you'd want to hear about, generally doesn't have to participate in CES. So that just happens. You okay over there? <laughs> yeah, we okay. had a little uh, little bump in the microphone there. <laughs> All right. So there were a couple of things that came out of that. So there was uh, I think I don't know if the Ford and Lyft. Uh, thing or was it GM and Lyft? As Not... GM and Lyft. Okay, so I mean that that was interesting, and it also sh- like it, Lyft has way uh, a way higher valuation and way more money than I thought. Like I know like Lila, Uber is still like just crazily uh, funded more, and that uh, Lyft is spending a ton of money to kind of on marketing expenses to keep their ridership up. Every, but, everybody, everybody loves an underdog. They do, and also, and they've toned uh, down the pink mustache thing. Oh, thank goodness. Yeah, but anyway, so that that was interesting. But also, um, so Ford in automotive news, they are—is it this across the entire lineup of any like of any car that would have come with like an infotainment system in 2017 model year cars? They will support both CarPlay and Android Auto. Yeah. So this is. Um... Any vehicle with Sync 3, so starting with the 2017 Ford uh, Escape, um, it's going to have a version of Sync 3 that already has uh, CarPlay and Android Auto pre-installed, or you know, it's just going to be right there. But then every car which previously has come with Sync 3, which has been over about the last eight months or so... Um, Though those will have a software update to to add uh, Apple CarPlay and Android Auto sometime later this year. So you know, for me, this is this is obviously incredibly depressing as someone who just purchased a vehicle with my Four Touch. But I knew I completely knew that that when I bought it, we talked about it. Like it it is it is what it is. But you know, this has been a you know kind of a reminder of that decision. But you know, whatever. It happens. Don't worry. Yeah, my car got uh, marooned on the old version of iDrive, and they have no intention of updating it. So no, I, I feel your pain. I, you know what? I, I honestly, I mean, especially for someone like me who who doesn't drive all that much, like I, I, I think that stuff is really cool. Like I'm really interested in Sync Three. I, I think some of the stuff they're doing with apps is really neat. And I, I, I think having Apple CarPlay integration is super awesome. And the fact that it's way more responsive and all that, those are all really great things as, as someone who's, you know, obviously into tech. But, you know, in, in practice, when I'm driving my car, like, I'm really not interacting with that stuff all that much. Um, 
And I'm, I'm assuming that the navigation is still driven by the same crummy maps and doesn't really take traffic into consideration the same way that something like Waze does. So Well, but but if it supported CarPlay or Android Auto, you could actually use a, like live real-time Google Maps or Apple Maps. Well, in the case of having an iPhone, I'd be using Apple Maps, yes. And I don't, I don't find the traffic support on that to be all that great. Well, yeah, wait. Hold on, I forgot. What is your opinion? Because I, I know, like, I, I've been in the Google Maps camp for a while, and then you kind of were on the Apple Maps is the best, or or is 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 pretty good and it's prettier thing for a while. Did you ever come back to the Google Maps side? Well, yeah, because Google Maps is is way nicer looking now, and it 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 runs much better than it used to. My biggest problem with with Google Maps on the iPhone was it just ran like crap. It was really stuttery, especially when you do turn turn by turn directions. Um, hmm. but now it's, it's super smooth. Have you uh, used it recently? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have you, it, it's, uh, have you seen how it's gotten more chatty, but it's also just like incredibly like reassuring? Oh, well, I have, I have the audio stuff turned off. Okay. Well, you should, you should turn it back on just cause it, it's great in the sense that like it does two new things this year or, or like in the past six months where it'll tell you like, uh, when you start your route, like it's, it's, uh, 14 minutes using this route. Uh, with normal traffic, you were still like on the on the best and quickest route, and also like it speaks like the lanes out to you in in really good natural language stuff. It's it's just the voice stuff has gotten really really good on it, so I'd recommend unmuting it. So is is that your solution in the car? Then do you have some type of just iPhone mount? No, I mean for me, if it's a common destination um, or if it's something I've thought through in advance, I will use the uh, remote app on my phone to send the address uh, through the car's internet connection and I'll use the in-dash GPS. But if it's something where I'm like in a hurry or I just want to use my phone, uh, I will use that and I will just stick it in the cup holder, which on my car is like not eye level, but it's kind of halfway there. So that's good enough. So that's where I, since it's not at eye level, I do uh, rely more on the um, spoken directions. So yeah, good, good, uh, interesting afford. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it looks really neat, and I totally wish uh, my car had it. And I, when this news came out, I started poking around on Ford's website, and I realized that they did, in fact, come out with a 2016 update to the Ford Edge late last year, which is way sooner than I thought they were going to. And ha- had, <laughs> I, had I known that, I, I may have considered waiting. Because, I mean, the, the 2015 version had just come out in I think March of last year so I had bought it just a few months after that but was it like um, a model year increase where it was like nothing changed well yeah it was like nothing changed except the fact that they added Sync 3 which is the, uh. the thing that I wanted um, so that was um, and you know shame on me I, I did actually didn't even ask the dealership when I was there not that I expected them to know um, but I don't know. It, it's 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 a bit of a bummer, but you know, it it is what it is. Happens. All right. I actually, for what it's worth, I think my Ford Touch is is okay. It's it's not. I don't think it's as bad as people make it out to be. It's 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 got Siri ice free support now. It's you know, it's not the most responsive thing in the world, but it's it's okay and it looks pretty nice i actually think it i think visually it looks better than sync 3 does i don't i don't particularly like the visual style of sync 3 yeah sync 3 looks a little weird it looks like it's regressed not like in that like it's it's less ornate 
but it also looks like super plain and barren. Yeah, like my Ford Touch, it's got a, it's you know, it got a, it has a nice kind of dark color scheme. Um, it, it looks nice, so you know. I gotcha. And the the maps on it are actually okay too. <laughs> that was like a the, ringing endorsement. Actually, I mean, the, okay. Well, like the directions, I think sometimes, especially when traffic is involved, are, are nowhere near as good as Waze, which is something I've I've gotten super into. Love Waze. Um, yeah, Waze. But um, but in terms of like the way that the maps look and the way that it does turn by turn, um, is is pretty good. Yeah. All right. So uh, another CES thing. Uh, did you uh, did you see the the TiVo Apple Watch thing? I did. So I think this is interesting question mark just based on the um, overall mediocrity of anything Apple Watch related that's an app. I think this probably won't work the way it does. But I think it's kind of neat. Well, I mean, we have a point of reference. The Apple TV remote app works on Apple Watch. But that's a native app that gets to do whatever it wants. I assume a third-party app would be way worse. Even with watchOS 2, I assume it's way worse. Eh, maybe. I mean, this, this seems like a fairly simple thing. I don't think you would be asking it to do a ton. Yeah. I, I'm cautiously optimistic, but I, I think that's really cool. And again, TiVo's been doing some cool stuff recently. Like, again, skip mode, kind of the best. And uh, this looks neat, too. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I use the heck out of the iOS app to you know manage recordings and season passes or one one passes as they call it now, whatever. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't I don't know how much I would use an Apple Watch app. Yeah. Um. All right, where do you want to go next? Um. Well, we could get into. There's been. Uh, I feel like we we've really trailed off on the um, the Uber stuff lately. But there's there's been a couple things that have come out around that this week. Sure. So we've got the. Um, I think this was just from today. Um, Yellow Cab here in San Francisco is filing for uh, bankruptcy, which yeah, is one of those things that I guess just like. It's sad, and you you always hate to see people lose their jobs, but um, it seemed kind of inevitable. They uh, they say when you have nothing nice to say, say nothing at all. Yeah, I mean, I I, I really don't. You do, you never you don't want to make light of a situation like this, but it's just it's one of those things where you've got a company pushing the envelope, doing what consumers want. And you've got another that's really, you know, standing idly by. And of course, they're they're standing idly by because of outdated regulations and you know lots of other factors outside their control. But you know, when you when you put a company like Uber and and Yellow Cab side by side, I mean, it's it's it, it's clear who's going to win out. Like since I moved up here, I I have not taken many cabs, but I think like on the th- three or four occasions I have, I think twice the, and I'm not sure how prevalent this is, the uh, broken credit card reader trick was pulled. Right. Which puts my level of sympathy super low. Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, um, that's the type of crap that I just had zero tolerance for when I used, because I, you know, my first year up here, I, I had a job that, you know, had, had to take a lot of cabs and, 
um, it, it just, it's such, just such a crappy experience. Like I remember like, you know, we'd be leaving the office really late during busier times of the year and, um, you just, you, you would dread having to go outside and trying to hail down a cab. It was just, just awful because they'd pass you by. You never knew what, what you were going to get, if it was going to be the credit card thing or just like a junky old smelly car, like a rude driver or a driver who, when you f- told them where you were going, they said, oh, I'm not going to go there. Like just, it's just one thing after another. Again, why, why yeah, the super small amount of sympathy. So, and the thing with Uber, I mean, and I, you know, we've <laughs> said it over and over again on the show. We, we do not agree with everything that they do, you know, at, at a top level. Um, Ooh. But um, and it's just in terms of the user experience, it is second to none. Sure. Can I, can I take this and turn it a little bit? Sure. So I think a couple of weeks ago, I, I led on or I alluded to the fact that uh, I had something nice to say about Uber. Can I uh, debut that right now? Sure. Have you ever thought about what Uber has done for uh, the mobility of the elderly? No. Like, I've met on, like, numerous occasions in, like, the past couple of years, uh, like, people who have uh, older parents or or just older folks in general who will use Uber as, like, a means of, like, personal freedom. Hmm. Of just being able to transport themselves when normally they wouldn't be able to, due to age or physical. Well, it's like I know Uber has had um, some knocks against them for not providing like fleets that were uh, uh, handicapped accessible. But that's one thing that I have not thought of. That like somebody will say, "Oh yeah, I got my my parents this iPhone, and all it has is like a FaceTime, phone calls, and the Uber app." so that they can go wherever they want to safely. And that's something I've never really given them credit for. In addition to helping just re- like normal, or like, this is phrased strangely, like just people who are generally using cabs or like the younger folks, younger professionals, they're doing something pretty impressive there too. Hmm. I, yeah, I had, I had not thought about that before, but that, that is a really good point. Yeah. So <laughs> starting off the year with something nice about them. Hmm. Do we want to talk about their abuse of customer privacy with <laughs> in the state of New York? Uh, <laughs> we don't have yeah. to, but anyway, like I think we we talked about it last year where they'd use that like they have this like system which I assume they've probably renamed now, uh, God Mode, where you can see all the cars and who was traveling in them, and apparently they were super relaxed on who could access who was in what car, and there was like a whole lot of customer information flying around. So apparently after they were sued or fined by the New York Attorney General, um, oh, we should talk about DraftKings eventually. Um, they, they finally got fined uh, $20,000, which for a company that has a uh, what valuation? I'm not sure that makes a big difference. <laughs> but if that does anything to uh, help uh, safeguard customer privacy or maybe make Uber more accountable, uh, great. Again, I assume it's a company that's eventually going to grow up. I think it already start, has started to. So I think that's it. That's a, a, a fair and balanced take on Uber this week. Yeah. All right. Do you have any interest in the, in the DraftKings and FanDuel thing? Um, like, I don't have a ton to add to it, but it's, I'm, I've always found it to be a bit scummy, and I'm kind of glad it's, it's slowly getting legislated out of existence. Yeah. I mean, I think 
I think I'm less interested about the the posturing that's going on now, where you know New York is now trying to like claw back all of its profits and like this and that. I, I just I just want it to go away. I just I want it to just not just not exist anymore. I just I want it to be called for what it is. It's gambling, and like like we've said on the show, you can you can have an argument about whether gambling should be legal or not. I, I you're completely entitled to that opinion. Um, but th- I do not want to hear that this is not gambling. That it, it it is gambling, period. And there's there's no there's no rebuttal to that. It's a game of skill, man. <laughs> it's a game of skill for a twenty four hour random league of people you've chosen who the random performance they give during a game may net you money. It it's it's scummy and I hate it and Again, and when I was watching the Warriors and uh, Lakers play last night, which what a game! Oh, <laughs> sorry, not, not I, even. I watched. I, I I put up with about a quarter and a half of it, and that that was all I had. Yeah, um, yeah. Just every time they would go go up and down the court and sing FanDuel or like DraftKings on on the painted on the thing, which which is I guess why I asked that question. I was like, oh man, I, I can't wait for these guys not to exist anymore. Yeah, that's. Like I mean, like like we've also already said, uh, you know, I I don't conceptually I don't have a problem with what they're doing, but just call it what it is. Just, well, just, they call it what it is. It stops being legal. Well, right. I mean, we we'd only be only be able to operate in a very limited number of areas. Um, From Starbucks in Nevada, <laughs> basically, right? I think uh, it's how ge- geographic restrictions work. I think so. Um. Yeah, I just, I just want, I want these things just to go away, and I, th- I think they will. I'm, I'm, co- I'm confident they will. I hope so. Hopefully, before the next, ba- well, no, not before the be- next baseball season, but one can dream. I don't think, I don't think they're big with day. Or I guess actually, they probably are big with like the daily baseball fantasy stuff. Huh? Isn't one of them like have has like a, a major league baseball has like a this gigantic investment stake in them? Yeah, I think I think you're right. They actually, I now that I think about it, I think the whole daily baseball thing is is a big thing yeah god for, oh, right. for over, over 162 days of the year too yeah <laughs> there needs if, if they start cutting the baseball season short any cuts need to happen twice to basketball <laughs> that's the deal i'll make you uh well again I mean, like when i was wondering like when did the warriors play again oh probably every day because it just seems to always be on all right. Um, let's see. So the only, the only other big topic that I see, well, I guess two two other big topics I see on the list are the AT and T contract thing, and then um, the EFF's comments about T Mobile's binge on uh, program. Okay. Well, we can cover those pretty quickly. Okay. So I mean, it, I think you've been resisting this a little bit, right? But uh, yeah, I mean, AT and T is following everybody else in kind of it pretty much doing away with the standard two years subsidized phone what do you mean i've been resisting this I'm, I'm on the iphone upgrade program i'm not even well no before this month weren't you like you were a super big fan and trying to like always use at&t's like you get like a half upgrade thing i wasn't a fan i wasn't a fan of that i just it just just was my only option okay well i could remember like that you always like you you never wanted like i think i had to convince you like in the middle of this year that taking the out-of-contract discount no, and the, buying your own phone the, was the, middle, the better option. The middle of this year, Apple offered the iPhone upgrade program, and I said, oh, that's a better deal for me. 
Hmm. I don't think I don't think you played a part of that. I think I think you're misremembering this, but anyway. Well, you you don't listen to the show, so you you wouldn't you wouldn't know. I'll re- just to prove I'm right. I, that's I would spend three hours listening to this show. Uh, but anyway, so two year contracts are going away. Yeah. Um. Finally, I, and for me, the best part of this is that people will now be forced to reckon with the idea of what how much an iPhone costs. But they're but they're not they're not really going away though. Yeah, they are. Kind of. What do you mean? I mean, you're still, you're going to be paying for your phone over two years. And if you, and if you break that, or if you try to leave before those two years are up, you're going to be hit with, you know, having to either give up your phone or pay a large sum to keep the phone. So it's... Well, it's, it's the second one only. You don't just get to like drop off your phone. I guess that's probably that's probably true in most cases, huh? Yeah. So I mean, func- functionally, like the the dollars and cents, you know, as, as you're famous for saying, are, are basically the same. No, in certain cases, it's actually worse. <laughs> well, well, you you know what I mean. Yeah, but I mean, I I think it's better again because it forces people it it, it forces people to realize what phones actually cost, and also for Apple, uh, and I and they're forced to show that as well where they've always been very happy to hide behind the this phone starts at 199 type thing now when anybody with 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 half a brain thinks oh this phone on the iphone upgrade program is 2936 a month for the next two years i think most people hopefully will be able to do at least a little math on that yeah i mean I, yeah i i don't know it, it's it, it we'll see how this plays out i i i, I still think showing the price per month psychologically still doesn't leave people understanding exactly how much the phone costs. I, st- I still think it gets kind of masked in that, but I, I do agree that may- maybe this will make it slightly more transparent. Sure. And then I, I think that goes back to the thing we talked about a couple of weeks ago about the financial literacy in the U.S. But um, yeah, anyway, so I'm, I'm happy about that. And again, like anything we could, uh, I think it's better for consumers for the, for the subsidy model to go away and for uh, service providers to compete solely on service price. So no, I think that's way better. And then that kind of transitions into uh, T-Mobile we talked about uh, maybe two months ago that they started this new binge on program, which was kind of the same thing as their music freedom thing which is where they choose certain providers and file types uh, to zero rate, which means that they don't count against your data cap. But in particular with uh, this new Ben John program, basically what they're doing is they're using a, a packet sniffer uh, to detect file sized uh, file types. And it basically just throttles all video down to one and a half megs so that it's impossible to watch uh, HD video with this feature turned on which T-Mobile uh, opts you into. So pretty good. Hmm. And I'm re- I, in particular, I'm just kind of happy about this just because every, like uh, you've probably seen on the internet, like and in nerd circles where everybody thinks like T-Mobile and it's a uh, smarmy little like jerky CEO is like God's gift to the phone industry. Am I just imagining that? No, I, I think that's, that's a fairly accurate portrayal. <laughs> Like, and I'm just glad that, like, because everybody, like, uh, these are the same people who are always like, oh, net neutrality, Comcast, Verizon. It's like, they're the evil. Like, I mean, with this one, like, the only company that is actively hurting network neutrality is T-Mobile. 
I know that disconcerns me. Because you're on a metered data plan now, right? Yes. And again, you don't you don't really mind for paying what you for what you use, right? Well, no, and I, I mean, what I ha I have a ten you know gigabyte plan that I share with my sister, and it's got roll rollover data, and you know we never we never come close to that ten gigabytes, and we've got a billion gigabytes saved up now, so yeah. So anyway, I'm just glad uh, people are finding out what T-Mobile is all about. Anyway, um, what's this? Uh, Ryan suggests New Year res New Year's resolution check in. Uh, well, that was going to be my intro to this week's show, so may maybe we can save that for next week's opener. Okay, or it could be our ending. Whatever you want to do. Uh, well, I guess maybe well maybe maybe we'll maybe we'll we'll take it and turn it, and we'll we'll make we'll make it the ending. Okay. Um, well, I, wanted, you know, I just wanted to see, you know, and I think this this will be the last thing. Um, so you know we're, we're six days into to 2016. Um, just kind of wanted to get a little little six day check in with how your uh, New Year's resolutions are going. Sure. Well, again, as as Darth has suggested, we can either start the year over, <laughs> or like he posted on uh, like halfway on New Year's Day, has anybody broken the resolutions yet? <laughs> that, I thought that was that was really good. Yeah. Um, for me, I'm not a big. I, I'm not really a New Year's resolution person at all. But I do like um, like breaks in time, if that makes sense. Like I like being able to try something or like go all in on something just because like something has changed. Like I do like when it's a new month or something like that. So no, so I do have some kind of things I'm trying to do better at or to um, to change, but they're not specifically tied to the new year. But no, those are going well so far. Yeah. Um... Merlin had said something on Back to Work a few years ago that like really, really resonated with me. He he went on a kind of a, a talk around how the, the concept of waiting to set your goals and implement your goals until some arbitrary date on the calendar was kind of just this ridiculous idea. And it, it, I don't know, I don't know what it was about it, but it just really, really like hit home with me. And so kind of since then, I've, I've looked at the concept of New Year's resolutions a little differently. And I, I, I agree with you, like, uh, just symbolically, like, the change of a calendar does seem to help. But I, I definitely don't put a ton of emphasis on, oh, well, it's January 1st. So, you know, here's the day where I, you know, get to start all my, my new ideas. Sure. And again, for me, I'll, I will say that, like, uh, late November, I was feeling just kind of like, yeah, I've been a little sedentary. I haven't uh, been working out as much. And I haven't been taking care of myself as much as I'd like to. So I don't wait for the new year. I, but I do like just saying like, you know, what, December 1st, or this is like, it's a clean cut. We're going to, we're going to change some things. And no, and I, and I worked out uh, 23 days last month. So wow. I mean, again, like I, I do enjoy that, but I think the whole thing where people will get into this mode where they're like, you know, January 1st, I'm going to be a totally different person. All my bad habits are going to change. I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to read books. I'm going to do all these things. I think that is maybe a bit naive rather than maybe just setting like a rolling list of goals or, or trying to improve yourself in whatever way works for you. Mm -hmm. I don't think like, yeah, I, I, I would very much agree with that. So yeah, I guess I guess for me, like I, um, there have been some things that I've been, been working on, but, um, similar to you, it's things that I've, I've been thinking about for, 
a couple of months and I have been kind of slowly trying to work on them and you did, didn't really wait until, you know, one, one to, to start. Sure. I will ask you something related and you don't have to be specific about this, but do you, um, do you ever sometimes try to like, I, because I think the, like a, a change of a year does is somewhat symbolic or like a birthday. Do you ever sometimes think that uh, like, this is going to be the year of something? Or you like think of like, oh, you just turned uh, 28 or something. Like I'm going, this is what I'm going to focus on. Not necessarily a goal, but maybe like a theme. Oh, is that anything? Yeah, absolutely. Do you have any examples or uh, too personal? Um, No, I I think it's fine. Um, I think for me, I went into, this is ironic given that I, what we talked about me buying today, but (laughs) <laughs> um, uh, no, now but, I'm excited. Yeah, but I mean, I, it, no, I, I, I've known that coming into this year, um, I, I've started seeing like the bigger financial picture. Like I, I've known that over the, especially the last five or six years, I've been very like year by year. Well, I mean, really kind of starting like paycheck by paycheck and then kind of going like month to month. And now more recently kind of going year to year. And, um, you know, now I, I want, I want this year to be more about like, again, the, the bigger financial picture. So starting to think about things like setting serious savings goals and starting to like kind of model out, not just this year, but maybe like the next couple of years and that kind of thing. So like changing the way that I see, look at my finances is definitely a, a theme, as you say, that I've been, been looking at more. That sounds very good. Yeah. It's a good goal to have. Not, not, not to say that the early results have been all that promising, but... No, no. But I, I, like, again, uh, I, we've talked about this before. And again, we'll have to, again, I, I want us to have a dedicated show about this one day. But yeah, we're getting old. Yeah. Well, just no, your, but your priorities get, change. Getting to the age where like, you think that like, you know, there is kind of an end to this. Or, there, or there's an end game in sight, sort of. Because <laughs> like, th- things change. Like it, it being, it being 25 and being 40 are... Very different things. Yeah, yeah. So, well, I even put on put on a much smaller time scale. I, no, I would don't say, say it. don't say it. I would just say twenty twenty two is very different than like twenty eight. Yeah, don't remind me. <laughs> uh, uh, too real. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. Well, I, I think I think that wraps it up. I think we helped a lot of people today. Mm-hmm.